0: Welcome to the Mom Docs Podcast. We are three chiropractors on a mission to empower moms and dads to intentionally choose health for their kids and families, to provide core principles to raise their families holistically, and to help parents take an active role in their family's health. Our goal is to provide families a philosophical approach to healthcare that steps away from the conventional and supports true health.
1: everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Mom Docs podcast. We have a bit of a unique episode planned for you today, um, coming off some inspiration from an event that Dr. Aaron and I completed just a couple weeks ago. Um, Dr. Natalie can't be here with us today, so it's just the two of us sharing our experience from a mountain ultra marathon that we completed. And while that may seem like a bit of an off topic, you know, resource for you. We know you usually come to this place to learn about holistic health and natural family planning and natural parenting and how to raise healthy kids. We really felt like the experience and the lessons that we learned from six months of training for a really hard event and then completing a really hard ultra marathon on the side of a ski hill mountain and you know nearly losing a couple of our husbands along the way. We felt like the lessons we learned from it are actually really critical for you to be whole, for you to be healthy, and for you to be the happy leader for your family that your family deserves. Um, In reflection, Dr. Aaron and I were talking about how much we see moms and how much we ourselves have gone through seasons of sacrificing for our families under the illusion that it's what what our family needs you know it's what's best for our kids it's what's best for our our households right now and there are there's probably some truth to that in short short seasons but I think that as moms without someone really pressing us we can fall victim to getting stuck in that season and the reality is, the truth is, what's best for our families is for us to be at our best. Because when we're at our best and achieving goals and feel like we're fulfilling um, growth in our lives, that really is the best thing for our families. Um, I feel this like inordinate amount of passion around this topic right now because. One, I want it for you. Like, I I do want this for the moms who are part of this community. I want other moms to experience their best life. What we get to experience when we give ourselves hard goals and we work for them and sacrifice for them and then either achieve them or don't achieve them, but in the process of not achieving them, what we learn from it. It's so good for us as people, as individuals, but even beyond that, our kids need this. Our kids need to see this philosophy on life modeled for them. And I truly believe it's our responsibility as parents to transmit the character tra- these character traits to our children, knowing that our children are the future leaders of this country, they need to know the importance of goal setting. They need to witness sacrifice, not just things that they read in books, but they need to be able to draw on personal experiences from this. Um, They need to know what's involved in setting a goal and the level of sacrifice and discipline and self-control and resilience that's involved in it. And so I really feel like when we as moms lay down our goals and our priorities, that we take something away from our children versus adding to them this beautiful uh, character trait and life skill that I think they need to learn.
0: Yeah, no, this is huge because I think I was really driven and set lots of goals for myself, had big vision um, before I had kids. And it was like, once I had my first child, I feel like a lot of that went out the window and life started kind of taking the reins instead of me having control over what was happening and what the vision was. Um, the unpredictability of, of a baby, a newborn, um, you know, what that meant for us opening our business all at the same time, you know, sleep schedules, feeding schedules, all these things kind of took over. And I think I wasn't prepared for that. And so a lot of my mindset and my vision and my drive for hitting goals and achieving things, um, really just kind of went out the window for a season. And I do know, you know, every, I feel like every time I have a, a child, this, this can happen, um, if I'm not prepared. So I think, you know, having people in your life that, um, are encouraging and want to help you. Like Ryan is very, very helpful for me. You know, he'll, he'll come in and he'll say, Hey, you know, how can I help you? Because I know you've got three little kids at home and I know you have this goal, you know, how can I be here for you or whether it's a nanny that we hire or, you know, just friends that, you know, want to see me succeed. So there have been definitely seasons, Sarah, where I um, am not doing a good job of this. And, you know, just recently running our race was really, really helpful for me because, you know, it, I had to commit to something. I had to line up childcare. I had to do the hard things and sacrifice so that I could hit this goal of running this crazy race that, you know, I never in a million years would have seen myself finishing this kind of a race. Um, but it's just a testament to, you know, setting that goal and putting in the work and the sacrifice um, that's required to achieve it.
1: Well, and I think you said a couple important things there. We do, we do go through seasons where really our goal needs to be, I need to survive the next three months. I have a newborn and I'm just trying to figure out how to keep this child alive and myself alive and keep, you know, keep, keep all the plates spinning. And so I don't, I think oftentimes we can lose sight of, of that with, like, we go through the season of survival mode. But I think something really important that you said there was having a group of people around you, and especially a group of other moms who can recognize, hey, that survival mode season, I'm here for you during it. And I'm willing to show up and text you and check in on you. But I'm also going to be accountable to you as a real friend to say, hey, you know what, I think you should go for this goal. And I think that with the right level of support around you, I think that you're capable of it. And I think that's why um, having a strong, we call it a strong room, a group of people around you that you allow to speak into your life and hold you accountable to the person that they know you are. And without that, it can become very easy to just slip into status quo. And I think if you looked at a cross section of American moms, I think you would see far too many of them knowing that they're not living up to their potential and wanting it, but perhaps the prerequis- prerequisite is maybe just a friend saying, "Hey, I believe in you, and let's work towards this thing, this thing together." Um, and then it's cool when you can when you can snap out of that.
0: Yes, and I think something you mentioned earlier is just um, setting that bar high for our children because. I think what I did internally is I just told myself, like, I am sacrificing the things that I want and need um, for them, for my kids. And I want them to know that I'm here for them. And I want to make sure that they can do all the things, all the activities. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, what did I do for myself today? Or what did I do to grow today? And a lot of times it was the answer was nothing. And yes, like, there are seasons where that's okay. But long-term, big picture, that's not really the place I wanted to be. Um, and so now looking at my daughters, and they're, my older two are almost 10 and 7, and I'm like, what kind of an example do I want to be setting for them? And I want them to know that they can't. I tell them this. I'm like, you can do anything that you want to do. And I'm like, okay, I have to check that. Like, Am I living that out for them? are they really going to see that real time in a, in a female, you know, that they're around every single day? Like I'm telling them this, but will they believe it if they aren't seeing it from me? And so that was a huge driving force to, to make sure that I I'm taking time to do that for myself.
1: Okay. So I want to get into our experience of training for something that was ridiculously hard that Mm -hmm. first making like the gut wrenching step of deciding I'm going to commit to this seven months before before we did it, knowing it was going to be six months of a ton of training and then a really hard day on a mountain. But before we go there, I just want to make sure that we're all on the same page with this understanding that we're going to talk about goal setting in light of this event that we did because we both just did it and it's recent and it's easy for us to talk about. But I don't want to fall short because some women are in a place where like, hey, setting a a big fitness goal is that's maybe not on your radar and maybe it shouldn't be for the season. So I want to make sure that we stay focused on, this is about figuring out what's an improvement or what's a way for you to grow to, to do better for yourself. So a goal could be, um, you know, it could be, it could be running an ultra marathon. It could be running a 5k. It could be starting a side business that you've always wanted to. It could be reading a certain number of books in your, I have a girlfriend right now that is reading not his, historical based non uh, historical based fiction books, and she's she's just decided, you know what, I'm not enjoying reading. I'm not spending any time with myself in that area. And I really love reading. And I love reading historical-based things, but I love fiction. So she's just set a goal to read a certain number of, of those books. It could be learning to play the piano. So really, when we talk about you need to be setting goals as a mom to live your best life, everyone's best in different seasons is different. So don't be, don't think, well, because I don't have a fitness goal, this this isn't applicable to me. Uh-huh. Um, it certainly is, and there's some there's a recipe to goal setting and achieving a goal. But really, that goal can be anything that you want, and as long as it involves self improvement, um, for us right now, it was running and fitness. And I'll give you a couple reasons why I think if you have the margin to do it and the you know the joints to do it, I think that running is a really great first step goal for many people. Um, for me, I like re- choosing a running goal, and that's been my focus for the last two years um, because I think why not choose a goal that benefits my health? I'm going to work out anyway because I prioritize oxygenating my cells and moving my body, so it's, it is time management for me. If I can choose a goal on something that I already do anyway, that's going to be a win. Um, for me, and I'd love to hear your perspective on why you would encourage a mom to take up running, but for me, running requires me to manage my time because I can't just, well, I'll just slip that in here or there, and then all of a sudden the day goes by and it's gone. For me to schedule, even just today, it was a 40 we're on the same training program, as a 45-minute run. I had to think through my day ahead of time, um, when am I going to fit in a 45-minute run? And I have to shift things around. And that's good. Like, that's good for us to have to be forced to do that. Um for me running also requires some solitude and focused thought time where I don't use headphones. I can just be in nature and my thoughts just run. And yep. there's a lot of personal growth involved in that for this girl, because I, I have to be able to control those thoughts. Um, mm-hmm. For me, often running goals also, too, they have events attached to them. So I can research an event that creates a deadline for me, which creates urgency around my action. Um, I also think running is a really good goal because it forced, I can recruit others to it easily. So, hey, I'm running a marathon. Who's doing it with me? And I can create a strong group around me to work towards a common goal. So I know you've been focused on running, Erin. So. Yeah any tips on why you think that that might be a good first place for some people?
0: Yeah. So just a little backstory. A lot of, you know, um, Dr. Ryan, my husband is also a chiropractor and he has gotten into Ironman over the last eight years. And we, at one point we were like super um, equal in terms of our fitness. And after he took up Ironman, I had just had a baby and so I, I, there was just no way that I could do it in that season. And then he kept doing Ironmans and kept doing Ironmans. And i I had this like mental block where I was like, okay, well, he's gone now. Like I'm never going to catch his fitness level ever again. Um, or maybe after my kids are grown, I'll be able to start doing that. Cause it did require a lot of time to train for Ironman. But when you guys recruited, um, that group to run the marathon, um, in your neighborhood, Uh, I remember thinking, okay, like this, I could I could maybe commit to the shortest race that they're doing and we'll see how I do. Because I was a college athlete. You know, I I did run quite a bit before I had kids. But again, like the time factor there um, really just I think I put an inherent just like block on how much time I could allot to running or working out every single week. Um, just because I felt like I was, it was being selfish and I had these weird kind of feelings towards how much time I would be able to work out every single day, which is a which totally isn't that so interesting.
1: like we do, we, yes. and some of it is self-serving because it's like, well, it's gonna be really hard anyway. So I, I do have, and you did have convenient excuses, but that's yes. just what they were. They were convenient and they were excuses. Yep. And with proper thought, you were able to shift how you viewed them. And suddenly you were able to make it happen.
0: And suddenly it wasn't like I was, um, I didn't have the mom guilt that I had before. Um, Because my kids, what started happening is they started saying, mom, you know, I know you're training for this race. Like we want to, we want to be there to support you. And so luckily we had a treadmill. And so they'd come in and, you know, I would training for, for the 10 K, I think I was training maybe like 30 to 40 minutes max at a time. And so they would come into our, our workout area. Um, they'd bring toys, they'd bring games and snacks, and they would kind of cheer me on. Um, and then what was funny is afterwards they'd be like, Hey, can I get on the treadmill? I want to run for a little bit. And so that was really cool. It just totally shifted my mindset towards it. I didn't feel the mom guilt Um, and my kids were really excited for me and what ended up happening was fast forward. Um, we had some issues. It was like COVID issues when it was time to travel to the race. So our childcare fell through, um, and Ryan got to go. I ended up running the 10 K on a treadmill at the same time (laughs) that you guys were all running. And that just, you know, it felt so cool to be part of that group. And I'm so thankful that you guys recruited us, um, and even though i wasn't there in person i felt like we were you know accomplishing like a common goal and i still had this like weird thing in my brain where i was like i but i couldn't do the marathon like i couldn't do what they did that was too hard and that was just a weird mindset that i had sarah it was mm-hmm. like i never thought that i would be somebody that could run a marathon because i i don't really enjoy running
1: me neither. Okay.
0: Sure. okay. Well, I'm glad yeah. to know
1: that. <laughs> before I ran my first marathon, which I, when I say that, it makes it sound like I've run a million. I've run two plus the ultra. So I guess maybe three now. But before my first one, the longest I had ever run consecutively was seven miles. And I had done that one time 10 years before. Okay. For a race when in, in um my first couple of years of chiropractic school. So okay. that was it. And then up and then for seven years, it was like the most, the most I would run would be a mile. And that w- and two miles would be like, I would tell my nanny, hey, I'm going out for a long run today. So <laughs> if I'm not back in 25 minutes, like send a send a search crew. And it's not that I was out of shape, it's just a completely different level of fitness that I had told myself a story. Oh, I'm a sprinter. I'm a right training athlete. I'm not a long endurance athlete. There's no way I could run for an hour, but lo and behold, you set a goal, you create a plan and you just tell yourself that you're going to do it. And you, you put the time into training and sure enough, sure enough, it does happen. Um, what I think what was really cool about what you shared there was that you engaged your kids in the process of your goal. And I yeah. think that that is a really big miss that even, like, successful entrepreneurial moms or really successful athlete moms – Can miss with their kids. Hey, you might be really excelling in your personal life with goal setting, but you're missing the opportunity to engage your kids in the process. And you're missing so many vital moments to show your kids hey, what's the why behind this? And why is mom taking time away from you to work towards this goal? And then the fruit of it is they see you doing it and you explain it to them. And yeah. Do they cry sometimes when you leave for a run? My kids cried the morning or the evening before we left for Idaho because I knew we'd be gone for five days. And apparently they heard me say too many times, joking, I hope I don't get eaten by a mountain lion on that mountain. So the night before as we're leaving, I'm putting my kids to bed and my almost eight year old is in tears mom, I don't want you to leave. I don't want you to be gone for four days, five days. And I don't want something to happen to you on that mountain. And what if there's, what if you run into a mountain lion or a bear and he's all upset? And it was an opportunity for me to tell him, Hey buddy, you know, that goal that this is a goal that mom and dad have been working towards. And we have been training, you know, all those runs that we've done and you've done some of them with us and you know how, how you've been helping us work towards that goal. And this we're leaving tomorrow morning because we get to go actually do the event and hit our goal. And it was this incredible moment where I saw his little brain shift to, Oh, this is like, this is a cool thing. This is them by me not crying right now, which I didn't tell he needed to stop crying, but me being excited for mom and dad right now, this is an opportunity for me. They're going to go do something cool. They're going to hit their goal. And it was a really cool moment. And then what's awesome is, Then our kids start saying, Hey, can I set a goal? Cool. And Levi's current goal right now is he wants to be able to, he wants a Nintendo. And we're like, nope, you don't get a Nintendo, but some of his friends have a Nintendo, so he wants a Nintendo. And so he asked if he if he could set a running goal to get a Nintendo. And we're like, Yeah, what do you have in mind? And he goes, I think if I run six miles, I should be able to get a Nintendo. So he wants to be able to run six consecutive miles. And when he does, he gets to you know, get a Nintendo. And what's been cool about that is now we're helping him backtrack his training. And so when he wants, we'll just ask him every time we go for a run, hey, bud, we're going to head out for a run. Do you want to come with? Um, Because you're going to need to train to hit that goal. You can't just go run six miles one day, which he thought he could, which was hilarious in and of itself. That's a whole other story. But our kids observe and they're learning, what does it mean to set a goal? What does it mean to train for a goal? What does it mean when you hit adversity in a goal? And then what does it mean to go have that moment where it's like, I'm putting myself on the line and I'm putting I'm taking a risk. I'm gonna go try to run this mountain and we'll see what happens. And then what are the lessons that we learn from it that our children can then take with them and, and translate into their lives?
0: So good. So. Mm -hmm. I love that yeah Mike I would say my two older kids similar like they're like cannot do kids get to do races are there races we can sign up for so it is it's so good for them to see it it's Mm -hmm. awesome
1: so what would I know that you had all these you know preconceived thoughts on you know my husband's fitness is he's eight years ahead of me in this journey and you just 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 decided to start anyway so I'm curious sort of your thought process on when you decided, you know, I'm, I'm going to do the full thing. I think I can commit to this. I'm going to jump from doing a 10 K all the way to a 30 mile race on a mountain with tons of elevation gain. Sort of, can you share that like what helped bridge the gap for you on that?
0: Yeah. Um, Well, and I think you probably remember, I think I talked to you and Leah maybe it was in February and I was kind of giving you all these excuses why I didn't think I was going to be able to do the distance you guys were doing. And it was like, well, I'm nursing. Well, I don't know if I can um, get the training in that's required. Like I had all these excuses that I created for myself. Um, And so I had to really, the biggest shift was just in my mind, but I started uh, just training and we hired a coach And he gave me the plan. So I didn't have to think about it. All I had to do was open up my phone and I had a training plan laid out for me. All I had to do was show up. Obviously, I had to figure out my day and, you know, who was going to watch my kids on these longer runs. And once I figured that out, it was just showing up. And I think because I did not like running so much, I just kept telling myself like, okay, well, I'll train. I'll see how far I make it into this mm-hmm. program over the next six months. Cause that's a long time.
1: It really, it was long. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's like,
0: yeah, I don't even want to go there. Cause the the mountain of just seeing how much time we had between um, start of committing to the race to when the actual race was, I mean, it was, it just seems so daunting that week in and week out, we'd be putting in that kind of hours. But what's funny is, with running, and I'm sure, you know, some of the moms listening can attest to this. If you're doing any sort of long distance or endurance training, um, for the first time, it seems like a lot in the beginning, but then you start to build perspective. So I went from being this person who really only liked to do like hit training in and out of the gym in 20 minutes, get in, get out, um, and get a really good workout. And I, I considered myself really strong and fit working out like that. And so putting in Two and a half hours on a Saturday morning to run to me just seemed like such a waste of time. And I remember telling Brian, like on our runs, I'm like, this is such a waste of time. We could be doing so many other things right now. But I just shifted my perspective and suddenly two and a half hours didn't seem that long. Mm-hmm. And I just remembered, um, I remember like maybe the third or fourth long run we went on. And every weekend I was like PRing. I was getting a personal record for distance because I'd long never been that far. Yeah, yeah, and that it feels amazing. It's like, oh my gosh, I've never done that before. I've never run fourteen miles, and then it was, I've never run eighteen miles. Like, oh my gosh, I just did this. I never thought I'd be this kind of person, mm-hmm. but all I did was show up and put the time in, and um, suddenly it was just, it was just happening. And I started to really enjoy that time, like you said, like the solitude and having to um, keep my thoughts in check. And really just enjoy the process and enjoy that time. And before I knew it, I was like in love with it. And I couldn't wait to do it, you know, the next weekend. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, and there really is, there's so much mental discipline that goes into running. And you can replace running with achieving any goal, but the sacrifice of time. There's a really good book that was recommended to me when I first opened my practice called it's written by Andy Stanley called Choosing to Cheat. And it's like a toilet reader. It's 100 pages or so, really small book. But the point of it is that we're always choosing to cheat in some areas of our lives to do other things. So whether it's you're choosing to cheat on your family to go to work or you're choosing to cheat on, you know, your health to spend time with your kids or go on vacation or whatever it is. But this concept that we're always cheating on something um, but disciplining ourselves and learning to love the sacrifice of it, but recognizing that it's for a greater good. Hey, this is, this is great for my body. This is great for personal growth for myself. This is great for me to model this for my children that, yeah, I will choose to cheat on two hours of spending time with my kids. Well, really, I'm just running around the, ho- the house doing chores anyway, Exactly. Uh, I'm going to get a sitter and I'm going to go out and I'm going to move my body but the mental discipline of running is like none other because yeah. when you lace up your shoes to go for a hour long run or a two hour long run. It's, there's no escaping it. The The time is the time and yep. I can't rush it. All I can do is experience it yeah. which for me is such a gift as much as I thought, as I don't, you know, typically enjoy endurance events and enjoy long runs I thought it's such a gift to me to not be able to rush a process Yes, I have to go spend two hours doing something and there's no way to expedite it or get through it more efficiently there's only one way to get through it and that's to try to enjoy every minute of it yeah it's really a, a gift to, to give ourselves and I think if I could encourage all moms to do some sort of endurance event, I think you will find so many treasures for yourself in the process. yep
0: yeah. And I, I mean,
1: 100%. they're the easiest ones to say no, but listen, the fall is the best time to train for a marathon, knock out a marathon before the holidays this year. Um, before I did my first one, we did it in 10 weeks of training. And there's so many online, there's so many online um, programs that you can find. You can, just Google 10, 12 weeks, 16 week marathon training program and you can find it. But I digress. So I want to give some tips on where to get started with, okay, that all sounds good, but I don't even know what sort of goal to set for myself. It's been so long that I've even thought about personal growth so that goal setting or growth mindset or achievement for me right now is totally off the table. So I just want to run through, maybe if you have some ideas on where moms could start, I, I'll, I'll kick it off. Um, my first recommendation is that you should start journaling. I know that might seem backwards, but the first step of personal growth in any area of our lives is self-awareness. And it is very easy to hit autopilot on our days and just go, 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 and never take time to stop, reflect, digest, and set intentions. So I am a huge... Huge fan of getting a notebook. It doesn't have to be a fancy, crazy journal or planner. It can be, um, you know, what's, what are those notebooks that we had growing up? A Mead, was like yeah. Mead brand or whatever those, you know, college ruled notebooks, just grabbing a notebook for the year and using that. I think if you haven't journaled in a long time or you never have, the best place to start is by asking yourself questions just to provoke thought. So if you look through my notebooks or journals, oftentimes the top of a page just has a question written down, and then I just start writing the answers without thinking too much about what the right answer is. So I'll write down a question. These might be some questions to promote thought for you guys, is um, just right at the top of a piece of paper, how would I want my children to describe me, and just write that down at the top of a sheet of paper and anything that comes to mind, just jot it down. Another question is, and this is a cliche one, but it really, I mean, it really is a good question. What would I do if I knew I could not fail? Mm. That might be run a marathon or learn how to play the piano or write a book. Um, Another one is uh, what brings my spirit or my soul joy? And that might be a question that you haven't asked yourself in a really long time. And the younger your kids are, And now that my kids are getting older and they're getting into more activities, the older your kids are, that can be a question that you haven't, you maybe haven't thought to ask yourself in a really long time. Um, Another question, what do I wish I could spend more time doing? And don't get paralyzed in thought. Just start writing and maybe ask yourself that question every day for a week and then go back after a week and read what your answers are and look for common themes. And that might give you some insight on an area in your life that you would enjoy sacrificing time from your kids to pursue. Mm -hmm.
0: Man, those are so good. How often do you do this? So
1: I journal almost every day, mainly because I don't really consider it like writing in a diary. I actually just got a brand new one um, or I just went through my, my last notebook and I just opened up a new one or bought a new one when I was at target the other day. But I, so I, do a weekly task list. And I use a handwritten journal for a handwritten notebook for everything. And in that same notebook is where I'll journal my thoughts. I'll also, I keep it beside my bed at night. And so as I'm, you know, laying there and thoughts start running through your head, that's oftentimes when you get moments of inspiration or excitement or creativity. And I'll just flip on my lamp and I have a pen there and I'll just jot down some notes. Um, But a lot, a lot of it is also like, here's what I need to do this week. My windshield has to be repaired on my car. Call the safe flight auto, you know, like just have to get my oil changed. So some of it is mundane like that, but there's also flip a couple pages and you'll see thought provoking questions that just give me time to reflect and digest.
0: So good. Mm -hmm. I'm going to definitely borrow some of these questions (laughs) Um, because it really does. It forces you to just break out of, you know going through the motions and really be intentional. So I love those. So for anybody that is really struggling, or maybe it hasn't even been on your radar to um, set a goal for yourself. And I've definitely been there where I'm going through the motions and I realize like, I'm not really working towards anything. And I, I always go back to this, um, this quote that I've heard, and I'm probably going to botch it, but it's, you're either moving forward and improving or you're moving backwards and um i maybe it's and you're dying (laughs) like ryan has this like really profound quote that he uses um and i I always want to be moving forward i always want to be getting better but i think it is important you know that i want that and i definitely want that to be said of my life but when i look at what i'm actually doing day in and day out you know is that true and so I think for anybody, it's it's great. All the examples that you've given, Sarah, are are amazing. It can be fitness, it can be reading, it can be you know picking up an instrument and learning to play it. Um, but really, if you're just starting, um, think about what you want. Think about what you like. For me, I I this is so funny, but. Ryan, when he asked me to do race the wolf, he's like, I go, I I really don't want to like that really does not appeal to me. at all." (laughs) (laughs) It's like, well, all these people are flying out here. Are you really not going to do the race? Like they're all coming to our backyard. I'm like, and so I reluctantly signed up to do this race. And actually it was the most, the best thing that I could have done was sign up for something, commit to something that um, scared me and did not initially bring me joy mm-hmm. so it's not all it does not always have to be something that you know you are passionate about or that you that's love good to do. It be it could be
1: something you're terrified of doing yes, and have exactly. been waiting for way too long
0: yep so I think that's another thing to consider is don't just set a goal for something that you know you that's something that you've always wanted to do yes that's great but also set a goal for something that seems way too far out of reach for you because yes what's the worst thing that's going to happen you know okay you don't hit it but then you you're better for it you tried you know at least you went for it um so that would be the first place to start is really just looking at those different types of goals you can set for yourself don't just set the easy ones set some that are like so far out of the park they seem like you'll never achieve it I think that's definitely healthy. And I did that this year. And I can tell you um, what it did for me and my mindset about my own life and who I am as a person um, really shifted things. So
1: I think that's really incredible and such a good point and something that I was missing like this. You're right. This doesn't need to be something that brings you joy. It could be something. But it's almost like when you really sit quietly and ask your spirit, like, what's the thing that I'm avoiding, but I know I could deal like, don't want to admit it or say it out loud, but you watch a documentary on someone doing this awesome thing, but it's really hard, a hike or a climb or a run. And it's like, if I really sit quietly, there's this little tiny spark in my spirit that is saying, I could do that, too. Yeah, That may be the little thing that you need to listen to. Um, I would give the... The recommendation that if it is fitness related, pick an event that happens that already has a date associated with it to create nope. to create a, a timeline for you and a deadline for you. So it's just I think when we set goals that don't have a timeline associated with them, you feel like it's to infinity and because it's so far away, I it doesn't create urgency in my daily actions to do it. So that's where I do like, if you've never run setting a goal to run a 5k or setting a goal to run a 10k or a half marathon or a full marathon or an ultra marathon, whatever it is for you, or do a Spartan race. There's so many fitness related goals that are out there that can meet you where you're at. But I do think that those are great because uh, events have deadlines with them. A really important thing that I would say if you're, Hey, this is the first time that I'm going to sign up for a 5k and I'm going to train for it. And I've never done it before. I would give you the advice to one, engage your spouse. So tell your spouse, tell them the why behind it. So your spouse is involved in the sacrifice and is your cheerleader. Hey, yeah, yeah, I'll take the kids as soon as I get home from work. So you can head out for that run. There is no better feeling than when Mark would come home and knowing my day got busy and I wasn't able to fit my run in and our after, You know, our evening time is typically the most rambunctious time for our children. It's post-dinner, and they know bedtime's closing in, and they just go haywire. And when he says, hey, I've got these evening hours, you go for your run. And it's like, that is a level of, um, I don't know, it's like a whole other level to relationships.
0: Yeah. spouse
1: rooting for you on a goal when you've been in a relationship for 20 years and it's a whole, it like is revival for it. So there's so many cool things there. So I spouse, and I know you, you and Ryan really experienced that too, which was super yeah. cool to see. Yeah,
0: it was, um, it was mm-hmm. on so many levels. And I think the fact that, you know, we had multiple couples that committed to this race um, that yes, like the relationship definitely was strengthened. I think we saw things in each other that, you know, we hadn't seen in a really long time. Um, Brian struggling during the race, somebody who put in probably more hours training, more elevation training, uh, was probably the most prepared for this race Absolutely. and seeing him having to surrender because his body just was not retaining liquid fluid. He was completely dehydrated and, you know, probably a little think, bit of stroke.
1: Yeah. But, incoherent. I mean, couldn't do simple math. This wasn't no. just like he's tired and or cramping and needs to sit down. This is, he is incoherent it. and, and doesn't know that he can't finish this race.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was, it was pretty brutal, but what happened was he, he became my biggest cheerleader and he, I was going to stay with him. You guys are going to see the documentary. It's coming out probably in the next few months. Um, but I'm not, so I don't want to ruin it for you, but he became my biggest cheerleader in that moment, even though this was something that was totally, um, he was going to have a lot of grief over, um, for the amount of time that he put into training. Um, but suddenly that his focus shifted and to see him now becoming my, you know, support team and my biggest fan, um, was so amazing, and I just finally like it, it was this light bulb. It was like, well, I can do this too. Like he he doesn't have to be the only one that's like achieving Ironman races all the time. You know, like this is my moment, and it was it was just really cool.
1: And I think for you to realize, and for women to realize, our spouses want to see this out of us. Yes, we think they don't, or we we make excuses on why it can be a priority for them, but shouldn't be a priority for us, right? And then when you step into it and do it and you get this opportunity that you wouldn't have had otherwise for them to be that support system for you, yes, it's such a cool thing and it's such a gift and you wouldn't have been granted that gift if you hadn't said yes to something hard and challenging and a goal all those months before. So engaging your spouse, to me, that's an absolute non-negotiable, um, engaging your kids, I think when you tell your kids, this isn't just my goal, this is our goal, and engaging them in it is a huge win. And then, lastly, for me, is recruiting other people to do it alongside you. Yeah. Life is so much better when it's experienced with others. Um, and we saw that on a mountainside. We saw it in six months of training. And then we saw it come to a complete head on the side of a mountain as people are struggling. Yeah, to experience the fruit of true friendships and deep bonds that are forged on the backs of six months of training and sacrifice and something hard and challenging. And that's an incredible gift you can give yourself if you engage a community around you on your goals. And the fastest and easiest way to hit a goal for yourself is to be cheerleading someone else into doing it. So, hey, I'm going to run a marathon this year. Will you commit to doing a marathon with me? And I'm going to make sure that you are successful in it. And that's the fastest way that I can ensure that I will be successful in it by being accountable for someone else. That's so cool. rallying, rallying a group around you for whatever your goal is, I would say to me, is a non-negotiable. Um, and it certainly adds a whole layer of beauty to to achieving that goal.
0: Cool.
1: Okay. So any closing thoughts, Sarah?
0: No, I think this was super helpful and, um, we should definitely do, you know, a follow up when we, we, when we can't get Dr. Natalie on to, um, and really just kind of the nuts and bolts. I know that we actually have a previous podcast all about goal setting that I think we did towards the beginning of the year. Um, so if you haven't listened to that one, I would definitely recommend it. Um, so that's up, up on iTunes as well. All right. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for joining us today on the mom docs podcast. If you enjoyed listening to the show, the greatest compliment you can give is to share this with others and leave us a review on iTunes. By subscribing to our podcast, you'll never miss an episode. We'll see you next time.